from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. We hope this finds you well. And greetings from Tulsa, Oklahoma here today as the Pelicans embark on a two-game preseason road trip. These will be games five and six on this eight-game slate that will take us through the uh, month of October and training camp 2013. So Tulsa today and then Lexington on Saturday. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. Hope this finds you well and uh, hope that you are gaining our signal nice and strong today, whether it be on your desktop at pelicans.com or neworleansaints.com or on your mobile device through the New Orleans Saints app or via iTunes. Got a good show for you today. We're going to uh, talk Pelicans, of course, because they play tonight. And uh, the NBA in general, as Mark Spears will drop by, he's a national NBA writer for Yahoo Sports, a New Orleans native who lives on the West Coast but travels the country checking out all of the NBA teams. And then we'll uh, kick off the NFL weekend. Tonight, the Arizona Cardinals host the uh, Seattle Seahawks and uh, for the Thursday night game. To get us ready, we'll call on Dave Pash, who is the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. He's also, by the way, a national play-by-play man for ESPN on their coverage of the NBA, college basketball, and college football, too. So a very busy man who stops by today. And we'll also get to know uh, Pelicans assistant coach Brian Gates. He will make his black and blue report debut today. And talk about the coaching circles in the NBA right now and also take us through what's happened so far with the Pelicans in training camp 2013. The government's back to work. Good news, wouldn't you say, gang? About time. And so congratulations to... Uh, Everyone involved there, and we're so glad that so many people are back to work today. Uh, the Pelicans, by the way, had a practice slash shoot around this morning, and then they'll tip off at 7 tonight. No Monty Williams show because of the game, and the game will be broadcast live on our flagship station, 105.3 FM WWL, and across the New Orleans Pelicans radio network. We'll tip that off at 7 o'clock. And to start talking about that, we'll bring in Brian Gates here in just a moment and get today's Black and Blue Report started here from Tulsa, Oklahoma, in one minute. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around, we got this. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes, here we go. 
Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. As many of you know, Brian Gates is on the coaching staff of the New Orleans Pelicans, and this is a guy that's coached, gosh, at about every outpost of basketball I can think of. He has done it all in the basketball coaching profession and uh, joins us now here on the Black and Blue Report of this Thursday as we're bringing it to you from Tulsa, Oklahoma, one of the uh, traditional NBA spots. Not really, but I will ask you about that, though, Brian, about non-NBA city preseason games a little bit later. I do want to ask you, though, and start with a coaching question. As we get closer to the regular season, we're closer and closer to the coaching debut, the head coaching debut for a lot of folks around the league. And I hear, I hear two conversations right now as we're going through the month of October. One, there's an eyebrow raised, it seems, at certain guys getting their first chance of being a head coach, even though maybe they've never been a head coach anywhere at any level before, not like yourself. Um, but then again, I also hear the argument about it's good to have – uh, new blood or, or, or guys who are basketball lifers get that chance as opposed to maybe recycling some of the names that we've heard over the last couple of decades. Um, amongst coaches in the fraternity, what, what, what's generally the take on this type of a situation? Well, obviously you're, you're excited for, uh, for people getting that opportunity, and then, uh, but you also miss the, miss the guys that aren't. You know, it's like you're, we're going to go through an NBA season and, and Coach Carl is in it isn't a head head coaching job and then personally for me it's it's uh you know I coached his son and and uh and was around coach Carl a lot um as I was the head coach of their D-League team and but then you also look at at other guys um you know Jeff Hornacek obviously getting an opportunity uh, you know Steve Clifford I mean it's uh, he's been an assistant f- for a long time and have, has done such of a great job in, in that role I mean the you know, in the social media world we live in, he gets named the head coaching job of Charlotte. All of the, his former players just blow up their social media for him. And, uh, and uh, fellow coaches in, in the so-called fraternity that we're in, um, everybody's excited for those guys. But then you also miss the, miss the people. It's, you, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Are you, are you happy that new guys are getting it or you um, – or you're happy that it's not a recycling thing, but there, there's a lot of good coaches out there that, uh, you know, from every head coach that that, um, that was replaced, there was probably about four or five assistants and some scouts and some video guys too that 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 make that make the the occupation a, uh, um, you know, our occupation probably keeps moving companies in business. So <laughs> that's, uh, but uh, you know, you're happy, and, and and every team has has their own direction. I think is the big thing, and there's always a plan. So, you've been a head coach before. What was that, that first? Oh my goodness, I'm a head coach moment. As far as making the transition, uh, we were uh, <laughs> we were having our draft, and uh, they said Idaho, you're on the clock. And I kind of looked. There was we were in a draft room. And I looked around at everybody, and everybody was looking at me. I was like, oh, that's, that's I'm supposed to make this decision. And then call having a team go on a run. And you're like, somebody should call timeout. And it's, you know, it's you. And uh, I remember that we were, uh, we were in the second quarter of our first game. And I think they went on a 10-0 run. I'm like, well, we got to stop. So, I, you know, you call a 20 out, then 20-second timeout, then you better figure out what you're going to say in, in about five seconds. So it's, there's, there's, no, there's no, you know, menu. There's no booklet. There's no pamphlet for any of that stuff in, until you're in that seat. 
Brian Gates with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Let's turn our attention to the Pelicans. Uh, training camp started right there at the end of September, uh, formally, and then now here we stand four games into the preseason schedule. What can you measure, if, if anything, at this point, uh, as far as growth goes for this team throughout camp thus far? I, I think the work that we did in August and September has paid off because we're not challenged with uh, conditioning. You know, we're, we're past that. We, um, you know, every coach has conditioning in their practice plans and training camp because it's a training camp. It's, it's, you know, you want to be sore and you want to you want to challenge your guys, but and you have so much allowed time to be to be on the practice court with with your team. So you take that three and a half hours. And you don't have to do a half an hour of conditioning. Now you, you might only have to do 15 minutes. And how Coach Williams does it, he inserts it in the practice. Like, hey, we got to make free throws and you don't run. And that time gets to be short. So now we got to work on post defense and we got to work on our offensive execution screening and stuff like that. And I really think that time in, in August and September, our condition-wise, has put us, you know, put us in a situation where we can coach more on on basketball things, and it's a credit to the guys and their dedication. And um, you know, obviously, in my opinion, it, it has to do with with first with Coach Coach Williams' culture that he's developed here, and then and then obviously the brand new beautiful building we're in. It, it, it's a it's a pretty good tool to have. Is there a particular group of players or a position group that you're uh, really dialed into right now? Um, anybody that has a cast on, it seems like I'm helping, you know, uh, uh, Darius and I spent, I think every day, but about th three weeks together this summer. Um, and then he gets hurt and then, then Jason just went down. Um, so no, no, not, not more position, position wise. I think, um, because our staff has now been together for a quality, quality of time that, that we, we kind of, we're, we're touching everything. We're in Tulsa tonight, Lexington on Saturday. Yep. That'll wrap up a run of four straight non-NBA cities for the Pelicans. I personally like them in the preseason. I like going to see other places and, and taking the NBA game to places they don't normally get to see it. Um, you can share with me whether or not you agree, um, but I hope that you will at least share maybe perhaps a favorite non-NBA city or two that you have taken uh, an NBA team to. Oh, there's no question. I, I, mean, I love it. Um, you know, the, the minor league guy that uh, that I kind of grew up in you know we're going to Tulsa and Tulsa is about 110 miles from Enid Oklahoma where I, I spent four summers and uh, we went over to the big city of Tulsa a couple times just to uh, I think just to eat or more importantly we went over there to pick guys up from the airport because you couldn't fly them into Enid <laughs> um, we went to Jacksonville uh, they're looking at obviously Orlando came out and really said it that uh, we, they want to put a D-League team there and then the game in Lexington is going to be a neat deal. It's you know, it's going to be a neat deal. The John Walls and the and the Anthony Davis. That I'm really disappointed. Not everybody knows. You know, Darius Darius Miller. I think has played the most games in a Kentucky uniform. And uh, so there's some pretty good players I think that have come through that program. So I, I feel bad for him, but I like it. You, you know, like you said, you kind of get to see a new city. Going to Mexico City was cool last year. Um, because there was a couple events that that we got to go, you know, Jacksonville is one of the is one of the uh, largest cities in square miles, I think, and you know, so when we're on the bus, we're googling, you know, uh, Jacksonville and what it's named for, and I think you you actually found a great barbecue spot, and, did, you know, did, so it's yep. yeah, there's no it it gets you out of the routine a little bit, and and then um, I also think it's those things it, it puts the guys together because once you get to a city. You know, obviously the bigger cities, 
somebody always has a family member there. Now when you get to, you know, we get, went to Jacksonville and went to it with the team movie, you know, and because and not saying that nobody had family there, but it was, hey, we, we did it together. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. So appreciate your time. I really enjoy our visits. I hope we can do this again. Hey, anytime, buddy. Assistant Coach Brian Gates with the New Orleans Pelicans, our guest here today on the Black and Blue Report. The Pelicans are your NBA team, and Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is your M-Life Resort right here on the Gulf Coast. Featuring 1,740 luxuriously appointed rooms, exquisite award-winning dining choices, a championship-caliber golf course, and all the amenities you've come to expect from MGM Resorts International, Beau Rivage is the only true resort experience you'll find in the South. You belong at the Beau. Beau Rivage Resort and Casino is proud to be a sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans as we tip off the 2013-14 season with a lineup headlined by All-Star Drew Holiday, former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Edmonds, and Anthony Davis. With the release of the five-game flex plan, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $45 and feature the best seat locations to see All-Star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. He's a New Orleans guy, but uh, he's a West Coast guy, too. So I'm probably uh, really interrupting his morning routine out West. But nonetheless, we're, we're extremely pleased to bring back Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports, NBA uh, national writer, back to the uh, Black and Blue Report. Uh, good morning, Mark. How are things out West? Man, it's good, but I'm trying to f- figure out, is it Pels? Can I say Pels? Yeah, I can use that. Is that caught I, on yet? I mean, I, what, what's the deal with that right now? I don't know if it's caught on yet or not, but I, I uh, during our preseason game broadcast the other night, I called them the Pels, so... Uh, okay. Pelicans or Pels? I don't like Pellies. Somebody said Pellies, and that that, 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 that don't go no, 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 no. Pels is okay. Is it is it going? Is is one of the jerseys going to say Pels on it? No, no. Just the just the, the home and away. You know, the NBA has this rule, Mark, that uh, you can only have a home and away in your first year of a new brand, and it oh, just really? it just okay. says your beloved hometown across the front. Okay. Uh, Mark, uh, any any non NBA cities uh, you've traveled to for games this month? No, no. I, I saw. A game in well, some might have say Sacramento is a non-NBA city. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I was there to see the Clippers. Um, I saw the Golden State play Sacramento. I haven't really, you know, I, I've been to Lakers and Clippers training camp. And other than that, I've been uh, kind of waiting for the big, real, real stuff to happen. Mark, you've been doing this a long time. What are what are the things that you see in preseason games or training camps that actually translate into the regular season? Um, you know, chemistry is important. Uh, you know, if you look at that Lakers team last year, they they didn't want to play a preseason game, and you, know, you think it's not a big deal, but not having Dwight for most of it, you know, not building any chemistry, um, not getting a taste of winning. It, it, it kind of puts you in a bad way when the season starts, you know. And so that to me, like I, I think things like what Doc Rivers does, and and I don't know if the Pelicans did this year, but I think it's important that every year you go somewhere for training camp. You know, I was covering the Celtics. They uh, went to um, Newport, Rhode Island. And what it does is it forces the guys to spend time together instead of going home to their wives.
wives or girlfriends or buddies or whoever. And um, I heard that what Doc did too with the Clippers this year, they went down to San Diego and and if the one of the players wanted to go somewhere, they had to take a van which was either driven by Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, or DeAndre Jordan and had to get one of them to you know, all three of them, one of them had to be available for a ride somewhere. But he he made them do that so the three, I guess, captains had to, you know, mingle and talk and get to know the other players, you know what I mean? Force them to all interact, and it, I think it was kind of an interesting thing to do. But that, to me, just, ha- just having training camp at home, um, I think guys get comfortable. you got to take them out of their environment because, um, you know, even the first year I covered the Celtics, I went to Rome and, in London, and when they look back, they would say, hey, that, that trip did a lot to get us together. So, yeah, I think, to me, that's the most important thing is to build uh, chemistry and build camaraderie. You talk to a lot of coaches uh, across the league, and you have for a long time. Mark, you know, it's interesting that you bring all this up because so many times I hear all this moaning and groaning about the, the NBA global games and taking teams to Manila and Taipei yeah. and, and and all these other sites, but I guess the one argument is what you're referring to, but the other one is the disruption in the schedule and trying to get guys proper rest and everything else. Yeah. Would you say? Would you say? I understand the benefits of let's say the Clippers going to San or San Diego or um, uh, Colorado Springs for the Spurs or others, but but what about the far reaches of the earth? We're talking yeah. about Asia and Turkey. Are we going too far? Is this is this really important in your eyes? No, I think it's important to grow the brand. I mean, outside of soccer, I do think basketball is probably the most popular sport in the world. And this is a time to, you know, it's for the future. They're doing it for the future. I mean, that kid in the Philippines, you know, who who got to see, to shake Paul George's hand, I mean, that's a fan for life, you know. And football can't really do that, you know. They go to London or whatever, but... They're not going to play a game in Turkey. They don't want to see that. Um, baseball could go to Japan, but they can't do what the NBA does. And, you know, like the Kings, once there's an adequate uh, venue in India, I'm sure, with their owner, Vivek Ranadive, the first Indian owner, they're going to be out there. So, you know, there, there's so much money that's being made. <laughs> globally by the NBA, so I, I kind of understand what they're doing. And it, it also helps the players' brands, too, as far as selling merchandise and shoes, and even, even like, helps the end of their careers. Like, I was talking to Tracy McGrady last year, and he said, man, I made, like, $1.5 million playing in, in China, and I probably made more than that off the court. And, you know, I was talking to Chuck Hayes the other day. He has a Japanese, I mean, a Chinese shoe. Why? Why does he go to China every year? He's big because he played with Yao Ming. Chuck Hayes is big in China. He's bigger in China than he probably is here. So I think while it could be a moan and groan and, and tiresome for some players, it also could be some exposure and money making in the long time, long term and short term that helps them from uh, being able to go to the far reaches and, and show themselves. Mark Spears from Yahoo Sports, a national NBA columnist and writer for uh, that publication online. Um, Mark, uh, 
real quick before I let you go here, here in about two weeks we're going to see the debuts of the regular season debuts of several new head coaches in the NBA. Uh, in your eyes, which one is going to have the best start? Who's going to have the easier go of it early? Um, I think Doc Rivers has a great team. Really, really good team. Their chemistry looks great already. He's going to bring the best best out of Chris Paul. He's going to probably help Blake Griffin take his game to the next level, and he's instilled some confidence in DeAndre Jordan. Stop worrying about the offensive part and fight to be the defensive player of the year. I really think Clippers are going to go off and run in uh, quickly. Uh, a lot of shooters there, J.J. Redick and such. Uh, so I, I like the Clippers' ability to um, do great things, things they've never done under Doc Rivers. What about the um, what about the guys that have popped up as first time head coaches? You know, I just saw you know Budenholzer at Atlanta the other day, and yeah. uh, you've got the the kid, if you will, up in Boston. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, out, out of that group, anybody strike you as having a tougher road or an easier road? Brian Shaw, I guess, would be in this class too. Yeah, you know, the new coach in Boston. I think he's um, he's going to have a hard time. I mean, it, hey, you could be. Newt Rockney, but if you don't have players, <laughs> you're gonna struggle. So they're gonna Brad, Brad's gonna take his hits. Um, Rondo's who knows when he's gonna be back. So I think he's that's gonna probably be the toughest one. You know, I'm interested in to see interested to see how Brian Shaw does in Denver. He's you know had all those years working under Phil Jackson, and but Gallinari's hurt. Fareed's had some injury problems. Um, they lost Andre Iguodala, so I could see Denver as a team dropping off. But know what? Now I think about it, the guy that's going to have the hardest go, and, and his name eludes me, and you can help me as a coach in Memphis. I think I think it's going to be a really, really tough job for him. Um, and please help me with my name. His Jaeger. Name Jaeger. Yep. Yeah, Dave Jaeger. Yep. You know, I really thought Lionel Hollins did a fantastic job coaching that team. There's a lot of egos on that team, a lot of uh, stuff that he's cleaning up, a lot of behind-the-scenes things, and to let Lionel go and then to give it to the assistant coach, um, I think that guy has his hands full a lot more than people know. So I, I expect Denver because of talent. I expect Memphis because of the coaching change to take a dip. And uh, maybe, nah, I'm not saying they're not going to make the playoffs. Memphis will still make it. But I think the coaching change there is such that it will keep them maybe from being a power like they have been. Good stuff. Mark Spears, a New Orleans guy um, in exile out west, but covering the NBA on a national level for Yahoo Sports. Come home soon, uh, Mark. We'll be anxious to see you, and uh, maybe we'll catch you on the road too. Look forward to being at the New Orleans Arena and getting that jumble live before the game, man. Absolutely. I'll be there Thanksgiving week. Mark, thanks for your uh, morning time with us today. I'll let you get back to the egg whites and the breakfast, okay? <laughs> you hear that, Mom? Egg whites. I'm telling you, I'm working on it. We'll send along the message, that's for sure. Mark Spears here with us on the Black and Blue Report. Back in a minute. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner? 
which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor, or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is, yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience, great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Well, the NFL weekend gets uh, off uh, and running tonight when the 3-3 three and three Arizona Cardinals host the 5-1 and one Seattle Seahawks. And we welcome into the Black and Blue Report the voice of the Arizona Cardinals. That's Dave Cash. You also may know him from uh, college football on ESPN and the NBA on ESPN. This is one of the busiest guys around, and we're pleased to have him here for a couple minutes. So Dave, happy uh, football weekend to you as we get started here this evening. Yeah, good to be with you, Sean. Dave, the Cardinals are interesting. I, you know, it's uh, it, they're in a division right now where every team is above, is either at or above 500. Um, even after uh, a three and three start, you got to think that hopes are still kind of high for Arizona to continue to have a nice season, right? Yeah, I think going into the year, you know, I thought this would be the, the best division in football, and I'm not surprised that, that everybody's at 500 or better. I'm a little surprised that other Cardinals have got there. They they really have not played well at all on offense. And the game Sunday in San Francisco was there for the taking. They just made too many mistakes down the stretch. Um, but they're close. Their defense is playing really well. And there are some guys emerging in offense, but they need to, to play better uh, at the quarterback position. And they need to protect the quarterback a little bit better if they're going to beat you know, a team like Seattle. The good news is it's a short week. And, you know, it's you can look at it and say, well, that's bad because uh, – you know, the Cardinals just played and they had some injuries in that game. But I think if you're going to get a team like Seattle, uh, you got them at home. Uh, it's better to have them on a, on a short week uh, when the uh, when things are a little bit more even. Because I do think Seattle, you know, right now is as good as anybody, if not the best team in the NFC. But, Dave, I think you'll admit, though, and you kind of just touched on it, they're different when they're away from Seattle. Is there, are there tangible ways or numbers that you've seen as to why? I mean, look, that, that home stadium is the, is the best in, in the NFL. It's, it's really loud for an outdoor facility, and it's just, you know, for anybody, it's hard to win there. You know, even when they were 7-9 and nine and made the playoffs and, and they beat the Saints that year, um, it's just tough to play there. Um, I think they're getting better on the road. Um, you know, they were, they've been you know, pretty good away from home this year. And, uh, you know, last year they were, they were pretty good away from home in the playoffs. So, you know, I think with a quarterback like Russ Wilson, they can win anywhere. But, again, I just think with a short week, um, you've got your best on Thursday. Last time they played was – Dave, when you talk about a short week and everybody goes through it to some extent, um, how has Arizona adjusted their schedule? Well, I mean, you really only have the three days to get ready. You know, with college, even the Saturday, Thursday is hard. Uh, the NFL, Sunday, Thursday, I mean, it's a train wreck every Sunday, as you know. And then to have to, to turn around and go back to practice. You know, Calais Campbell was taken off a stretcher after the, uh, during the San Francisco game, uh, was in the hospital that night, flew back, and was at practice the next morning. Um, 
you know, he didn't even get a chance to get Monday and Tuesday off to rest his body and, and get back to game week on Wednesday. You know, to be installing the game plan the day after or really the night of uh, that you've played, um, you know, really tests your coaches, it tests the players, and uh, that's why you've seen, you know, sloppy games. You know, the Thursday night model, um, you know, I, I think it's great for the fans um, and it's unique for the fans. Um and it's great for anybody who loves the NFL, but at the same time, you, you've got to understand that you're going to have sloppier football because it's just impossible to ask these guys to get ready that quickly and be as crisp as they normally would with a full week of practice. Dave Pash, voice of the Arizona Cardinals, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. All right, Dave, take me into the broadcast booth tonight in Glendale. When you take the air, what are the storylines that you'll throw out there in your open and that perhaps you'll be willing to share with our listeners as they get set to watch this game from New Orleans? Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, the Cardinals traded for Carson Palmer in the offseason. And, you know, I, I don't think that the Cardinals were considering pulling Carson in the game against San Francisco. But, you know, it's time. This is uh, game seven. You're, you're halfway through the season. You want to see a guy that can go out there and win a game for you. You know, he's always had a history, and he's done it so far with the Cardinals, uh, of being able to bounce back from bad plays. Um, he, he's actually made some huge plays late in games after he's had some really bad interceptions. They, they'd love to eliminate the, the first part of that and get rid of the picks. You know, he, he's you know on pace to, to throw for you know 25, 30 interceptions, um, and, and they need him to play better. You know, they're just they're not a great running team. Their offensive line is patchwork, got injuries there, and they've got some good you know talent on the outside. They just they need him to find a way to get the ball to them. Uh, and I think, you know, defensively, you've got to find you know, a way to, to, to keep Marshawn Lynch in check. You know, I know Russell Wilson, everybody talks about him, but if you can't stop Marshawn Lynch, um, then you, I don't think he can beat Seattle. Good stuff, Dave. In about a week or two, you're going to be doing the NFL, college football, and NBA basketball. Is there anything else on your list, and, and how are you uh, cloning yourself, like Ian Eagle tells yeah. me, uh, to get around the country? Yeah. Uh, we got college basketball too. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's pretty wild this time of year. You know, I go, uh, I get about two and a half months off in the summer, and uh, you know, it kind of, so everything kind of comes to a screeching halt, and then you kind of gear it back up again, and it all kind of hits you at once. But I, I do love it, it's fun, and uh, uh, but yeah, once November kicks in and you're doing three, four sports, uh, your head spins a little bit, but it's fun. Well, we love your work, uh, Dave. Keep it up, and uh, thanks again for your time. I know it's precious, and we appreciate you coming on today. All right, Sean. You got it, man. Dave Pash with us on the Black and Blue Report. More from our show here in Tulsa a little bit later, and we'll be back in a minute. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, What? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. 
taking a break from Mayor Landrieu's pothole repair crew. Once again, here's Sean Kelly. Well, it is a beautiful fall day here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Highs in the mid-60s. It does feel good, and we feel good about the action tonight over at the BOK Center, the Bank of Oklahoma Center here in beautiful Tulsa, Oklahoma, as the Pelicans take on the Thunder tonight in preseason game number five for the Pels. It'll be interesting to see if Anthony Davis uh, has another 20-plus point performance tonight, and I'm also curious to see whether or not head coach Monty Williams gets a look at Eric Gordon and Tyreek Evans tonight, or whether or not we'll have to wait until Saturday when we're in Lexington, Kentucky, to see kind of the full complement to the Pelicans here in the preseason. We will be on the air at 7 tonight, don't forget, on WWL-FM. That's 105.3 FM in New Orleans, and then across the um, New Orleans Pelicans radio network. Don't forget, you can also listen, for those of you outside of the network's uh, range, online uh, through NBA.com. There's a league audio pass there. It's free. You just have to sign up for the season, and you can check out all the games online as you go. And uh, we'll uh, anxiously start the uh, NFL weekend as well tonight as Arizona hosts Seattle. Speaking of the NFL weekend, the Saints, of course, are idle. Uh, tomorrow we'll preview the big Peyton Manning return to Indianapolis on the Black and Blue Report. Rob Nice will have the show for you tomorrow from Studio B, and he'll also speak with the television voice of the Pelicans on tomorrow's show, Joel Myers. Well, that'll do it for today's edition of the Black and Blue Report. Our thanks, of course, to Dave Pash, Mark Spears, and Brian Gates. Thank you, too, for following us. This the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you on the radio tonight. In the meantime, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.